All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, thank you, uh, everyone, for, for joining us this late evening um, uh, edition of Flashpoint Podcast. If you're listening live, obviously, if you're listening on replay, uh, then you're listening whenever. So, uh, But if you're listening live, thanks for, for joining us live. Um, tonight, we are going to be talking about the Evergreen State College, uh, which is a school in Olympia, Washington. Uh, where I did my undergrad. Um, it is a pretty well-known hippie school. Uh, it's known for, you know, not having grades. Um, teachers give evaluations. Students give self-evaluations, uh, which are these kind of, like, long narrative forms of uh, kind of displaying what you've learned. Um, I think it's a, it's a really great model. Um, you kind of develop your own classes uh, if if you are into that and you kind of put those together um, with a lot of like cross disciplinary stuff um, it's obviously not the only school in the country that does this uh, but it is I think one of one of the more well known ones that does it um, and uh, you know it, it has been well known for a long time it's kind of a hotbed of lefty politics. Uh, after the 9-11 attacks uh, in 2001, uh, students burned a flag, a U.S. flag, that day. Um, uh, Rachel Corey, uh, who was murdered by the IDF, is from, was from Evergreen and went uh, to Gaza as, as kind of, uh, as I think, sponsored by, by uh, some of her professors or, or kind of urged to do it. I think she may have been doing an independent contract at the time, although I'm not 100% on that. Um, and you know, like there, it's it's just kind of been known. When I went there, uh, there was a riot on uh, Valentine's Day uh, when uh, the group Dead Prez uh, was playing, and uh, there was like this fight, this scuffle that was going down in the crowd, and uh, the cops came in and they uh, they arrested like one of the only black people in the crowd, and. That press said something to the effect of, are you going to let that happen? And it ended up that there was a cop car turned upside down and burned out um, in the middle of campus. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, the, the school um, has been kind of known as, like I said, a hotbed of lefty politics and resistance for a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, unsurprisingly, not like great relationships with the authorities, whether uh, local, state, or even federal. Um, I'm sure that there are a lot of uh, federal agencies kind of watching um, the school. Also, when I was there, uh, we did protests at the Port of Olympia because this was during uh, kind of the tail end of the Iraq War, which involved, like, facing off against riot police, and there were, like, because they were bringing weapons through the port to, like, send it out to the Iraq War, and the protests there got pretty intense, pretty crazy. So anyway, like these, those are just like kind of my experiences, some other experiences that happened before uh, I was there. Um, so uh, kind of a long way of saying that that this is a place where there is kind of this this tradition of political resistance and and kind of uh, political unrest in this left wing politics. Uh, and so it's not surprising that uh, the police and and the campus, uh, the, the local and state police on the campus. Have, and the campus police have kind of wanted to crack down on students for a long time. And uh, my guest, Daniel Vogel, uh, is also uh, an Evergreen alum, a more recent Evergreen alum than I am. 
And when he was going there, uh, he was a student journalist at the Cooper Point Journal, which I also wrote for during my time there. Uh, and he uh, started doing some research into what the police uh, and what the campus police were doing and uh, started like running up against uh, what I would kind of call, I guess, like roadblocks maybe uh, as far yeah. as getting the publicly available information, right? So. Um, and, and so as is now, and, and you've been out of school there for a couple of years now, right? Yeah. yeah I graduated in the spring of 2019. Yeah. Spring of 20. So that's like, you know, three and a half years now. Uh, but you are still pushing to get these records, uh, which I think is great and very principled of you. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how you are trying to get those records and what that means. Um, and, and kind of the broader kind of, uh, I guess, context of what's going on. Uh, we'll, we'll also talk a little bit about my article for the outline um, in 2019 about how the police were trying to get AR-15s. Daniel was a source for me on that. Uh, we worked together on it uh, quite a bit. Um, so I was hoping that uh, you could kind of walk us through uh, some of, you know, what, what happened here. Um, but before we do that, can you just kind of give people like an idea of who you are, what your background is? Because you are kind of like, I mean, I, I guess I could kind of describe you as a bit of an activist, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I've, I've done some, some activisty stuff, definitely. Um, you know, I've, uh, I guess my background is, um, you know, I, I went, uh, I've always been a bit of a troublemaker um, in high school. I was part of a student organization that, um, resisted the imposition of the new uh, Common Core state testing standards. Um, we got uh, through our campaign, the highest opt-out rate in the state, uh, like 75%. Um, and so kind of, you know, starting there and, you know, I, I grew up in Portland and so going to um, riots is kind of what you do as a teenager in Portland growing up. Uh, so that was kind of um, the milieu that I, I was coming up um, with. Um, and so then, yeah, I, you know, I, I went to college. I went to uh, Hampshire College um, to start, and then I transferred to Evergreen after two years. Uh, so all I know are hippie colleges and the problems with them. <clears throat> um, yeah, so... Hampshire College is a really good <laughs> example of kind of like the same kind of school that Evergreen is, but just on the other coast. Yeah, yeah, and it's like three times the tuition rate. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you know, um, at, like at Evergreen, I got a job working for the, the student newspaper, um, initially as a, as the kind of webmaster, they needed someone to operate their WordPress site. Um, I had done kind of student journalism in high school and I was excited to, you know, maybe follow a story here and there. And then eventually I just became the news editor. Um, and so really kind of the start of this whole, uh, fracas was uh kind of stuff that you're writing in that in that outline piece you mentioned um basically kind of the background is that uh for a long time there'd been kind of these these debates on campus about whether uh or not the campus police uh should be armed and what they should be armed with um i think there was a number of times at which the administration uh polled kind of different groups on state on campus to see what they thought about it and it was kind of always rejected um and then in the fall of 2018 a student who was uh doing news reporting 
noticed that one of the cop cars just had an R15 in it and like not in some kind of haphazard way, you know, it was mounted um, in the, in the front, uh, you know, cab area. Um, and so uh, that student Forrest, uh, you know, wanted to investigate it. And so we filed a number of public records requests about uh, kind of different things that campus police might be up to. Um, so, you know, he's asking for different weapons purchases, uh, records. Just, just to, asked, yeah. Sorry, just to interrupt a quick shout out to Forrest, who, um, was at least was, and, and may still be working with, uh, fairness and accuracy in reporting, but, but go ahead. Oh, is he? That's tight. Yeah. Um, last I talked to Forrest, he was like, I'm just at the cell. I'm just have cell service. I'm on the Pacific coast trail. And I'm like, oh man, I wish I had this guy's vibes. Like. Just, oh, wow. okay. you know, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, so yeah, he followed these records requests, uh, you know, asking for kind of, he, he thought that, uh, the campus police was probably preparing for crowd control stuff. And so he asked for, you know, records about that mainly, and then also threw in, you know, security cameras. Um, and so then that request was filed, uh, in the fall of 2018. Um, and then on March 14th, 2019, um, we got uh, records uh, returned that included a purchase order for security cameras that were disguised as smoke detectors and outlet plugs, like the plugs on the wall. Um, no, no context, nothing. Um, and so that day, I filed a number of public records requests kind of related to that um, about uh, you know, I was asking for emails um, related to the purchase because I wanted to see how high up, um, you know, the purchase had been directed. Uh, I was asking for the personnel records of different police services employees. Uh, I was asking for the content of the SD cards used in the, the um, security camera devices. And, uh, you know, three years later, I still haven't gotten kind of all those questions answered. Um, I don't work in journalism anymore. I work for a a kind of small tech company in New York. Um, and it's really uh, frustrating to have this kind of hanging thread over uh, the rest of my life, um, you know, in, the, in this thing I want to get resolved. Um, and so, you know, I filed these records requests uh, on March 14th, 2019. I'm not a numbers guy. That's just, that's pie day. And so it's easy to remember. Um, and so, you know, one of those in particular was for the contents of all the SD cards um, that were in the possession of, of police services. Um, and so then uh, a year later in March 2020, they got back to me saying, well, we don't have any SD cards. And so I, you know, responded, well, you know, here's the, the records request where you showed me the receipts for SD cards. Like, where are they? You don't have them. Um, and then there was, uh, you know, a back and forth um, in which, you know, they finally located these SD cards um, and then said, well, there's nothing on the SD cards. Um, and, you know, I'm a, I was a, I was a computer science student, Evergreen. Uh, I graduated with a, a BS in computer science and a BA in, in media studies. Um, and uh, as I'm sure many of you are aware, uh, you know, uh, a digital storage device like an SD card, um, it doesn't lose its data uh, when it's not in use, um, and nor like does it 
does the data actually get deleted on any kind of hard drive or SD card drive when you delete it? It just tells the, the operating system that you can overwrite this stuff. It's fine. Um, until it's actually overwritten, the bits are still like ones and zeros as you left them. Um, and so, you know, I, my records request at that time was for the contents of the SD cards. They say, well, there's nothing on them. And, I, and I'm saying, well, you know, that's not how it works. Uh, Evergreen finally got back to me and said, well, you know, um, you can pay for forensic recovery services to pull the data off of these SD cards. Now, Washington state law is very clear. You can't charge for public records requests unless it's for the direct costs of, um, for the direct costs of copying the records. You can't charge. Yeah. So, yeah. So- so, so let me just jump in here just to say, I mean, I, I, I'm not super familiar with, with Washington State public records law, but um, I'm, I'm certainly more familiar with, like, Massachusetts public records law. But, but this is, a, like, totally. Um, just so everyone knows, like, like this is a very common tactic uh, that they use, right? So, so the idea here is to just kind of, like, throw as much stuff um, kind of in front of you as possible. Like, the, like, they're just trying to throw as many hurdles as possible in front of you to stop you from, um, from, from, from being able to get the records. They're trying to, even if they do end up giving them to you, uh, they're trying to dissuade you from asking for them again. So this is kind of like a very typical tactic that you'll see uh, with, with state agencies uh, around the country. And uh, this is, uh, luckily Washington, and I mean, I have my issues with the Massachusetts law, but uh, Massachusetts too, like th- there are some parts of the law which can really be helpful to you and, and can help to make sure that you will get uh, your records and you will get your information. But uh, the, like th- these tactics, this treatment that, that Daniel is describing, this is, this is very typical. And what Evergreen is essentially doing at, at this point in the narrative that he's telling, the reason that I just wanted to jump in here is just so everyone understands, like what they're doing is they're just trying to like, they're just throwing shit at the wall to see what'll stick. They're just trying to slow him down. They're trying to stop him from getting the information. And the fact that he understands at this point, right, that the SD card does have, does still have the information, even though it may be like, you know, slightly uh, uh, difficult for them to get it or whatever, like, which doesn't, you know, is, is that's not a reason like not to give it to him. But they're just trying to like slow him down and stop. So uh, go ahead, Daniel. Just go ahead and unmute yourself and continue. I just wanted to like throw that in there just to just to kind of you know, give people a little bit of context. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like Washington State public records law on the face of it is probably one of the best public records laws in the country. Uh, but despite that, I'm you know I still encountered all of these these issues trying to get access to these records. Um, really, kind of the the thing with these SD cards is that. Um, just, uh, yesterday or on Monday, they sent me records from one of the SD cards that they said could not be extracted, that the SD cards were empty. Um, and like, I just got 1600 images from a camera that they had used, um, which was, um, actually a camera that wasn't even listed in the, the public records, um, that you know shows the receipts for the camera purchases uh basically is a it's a game camera which is like a a camera you might put out in the woods that will automatically take a picture every time um it sees motion 
Um, and I, you know, only learned about the existence of these cameras um, through uh, records that we've obtained via discovery, right? Um, so, you know, via the public records process, we had no idea about the existence of these cameras only after suing them and getting 500 pages uh, in an initial uh, response to discovery requests did we even identify that there were um, other cameras that were even in use. Um, and, you know, if you go and look at a, at a game camera, it's, you know, it's designed to be covered covert surveillance. Um, obviously, you know, I can see in, in these in these pictures um, which it seems like they mounted it outside of a door to an office. You know, I can see students walk in. I can see students that I, I knew and had classes with walk in and out. I can see staff walk in and out. Um, and as far as I know, they, you know, they weren't aware of it. Um, what, you know, did, uh, which office was it? Uh, so, uh, you know, originally they had said that the re reason they had purchased the cameras was to uh, respond to a series of break-ins in the marketing and the communications. Uh, the story they gave me was that um, someone broke into the marketing communications office and stole all of their laptops. Um, and then the school replaced all the laptops and then someone came in and stole all the laptops again. And then they decided to put up the cameras. Like, I, you know, I just can't imagine, you know, even the, the dumbest burglar deciding to hit the same place three times. Um, as well as, you know, if you talk to any kind of uh, like security consultant type person, like the purpose of cameras is a deterrent. It's not really to actually capture the footage. Uh, as everyone who's worn a mask the last two years knows, it's very easy to obscure your face. It's not, you know, the, the point is to, to deter it rather than to actually get a picture. And so there's no deterrent effect to a hidden camera. Um, and so they said it was marketing communications. Um, when I was uh, talking with the administration on, for reporting on the story, uh, which the story I filed is still available at the cooperpointjournal.com. If you search, uh, you know, Evergreen State College hidden cameras, it'll be up there at the top on Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever. Um, and, but in the, uh, the records they just sent me, finally, um, they say it was admissions. So, you know, I, I really don't have any idea, uh, the full extent of the use of these cameras. Um, the game cameras are the last published version of the user manual was from 2010. So it's very possible they've been using these game cameras in a number of ways, uh, for, you know, almost a decade. Um, to answer your question, Gregory, I just figured out there's this chat thing. Sorry about that. Um, if they were being overwritten every 24 hours, that would be a crime. So in the state of Washington, it's a crime to destroy a public record. Um, and if you're doing an investigation, you need to keep all of those records um, because that's, you know, that's the the records retention schedule um, requires you to keep records um, for for a number of years, depending on what they are. Um, if they're doing an investigation, they had to keep them for five years. Um, so, uh, I you know I think at one point the state said or Evergreen said, you know we we got rid of those um, that footage because it didn't capture you know evidence of a crime. Uh, but that's not at all how the law works, uh, in terms of that. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, 
someone who's read the, the Washington statutes a lot uh, about public records laws. Um, but there's, there's kind of no um, reason for them to be deleting that footage. Um, yeah, this stuff is really clear, right? Like, like, and, and it's, it's, it's not written with like any kind of vague wiggle room. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and it, it, you know, if I was say a, uh, beyond, beyond it being on the face of it illegal, it's like, imagine the kind of travesty of justice situation. If I was, you know, defending someone who was falsely accused of doing these burglaries, I definitely want to be able to view all the footage. Imagine if there's some footage that, you know, ex like exonerated my client. Um, so to kind of just be so cavalier in saying that uh, it was okay for them to be deleting the records because they didn't have evidence of a crime. Uh, it like, I think one of the hardest aspects of this case for me is it's very hard to distinguish between Evergreen acting um, on bad faith and Evergreen acting incompetently. They, they very much look like the same thing um, and I think in a lot of these situations, it's probably close to half-half, but, uh, you know, it'd be so much more fun if they're acting in bad faith. Like, I really would be um, fighting, you know, evil people rather than just idiots, so. But, um, I mean, but, but, but it, I, I think that it is kind of 50-50, probably, right? Because, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at a situation where they do seem like they're just kind of uh, telling you whatever uh they can to make sure that they don't have to like turn over the records for whatever reason whether it's because yeah because they're lazy or because they just you know because maybe there's i mean like like there's this instinct i think on the part of a lot of law enforcement uh that they that they don't want to like reveal um anything about what they're doing because of their paranoia or whatever um and it's it's like i'm not saying it's justified it's totally unjustified but like that is like kind of the mentality behind it, right? And so I wonder like how much that has. And so like, I guess when you're looking at that, like like yeah, part of it is incompetence and laziness. They don't want to do it, but a part of it is kind of like malignant too. Like, you know, you like you should be doing this because like that is the right thing to do, and you're not doing it because you just don't believe that you are subject to to the rules, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like something. Um you know, somewhat tangential to this is that, uh, you know, Evergreen uh, had kind of an administrative code um, that for its public records. So Washington State, you know, it has the the, um, the kind of statutes that say every you know agency needs to have its own administrative code about how to respond to public records requests. Um, and at this time, the, uh, uh, the records request policies hadn't been updated since um, July 1997. Uh, so recently, um, there's another man who filed a, a records uh, request suit against Evergreen about a month before my suit. Um, and he tried to get these policies updated. Evergreen said, uh, you know, through, through a formal kind of petition system, um, it got bumped up to the governor. The governor said they don't need to be updated. A couple of days later, Evergreen puts out, you know, the notice that it's updating its, its records policies. Um, and, you know, I've, I've submitted comments throughout that process. They just did another hearing because I pointed out that they weren't 
you know, totally in, in compliance with the state law. Um, or similarly, you know, recently, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, uh, you know, ways I can contribute to my alma mater. And I noticed that, uh, you know, in, in the policies uh, for the Evergreen Board of Trustees, they had a position that was alumni representative to the board, which hadn't been filled since 2015, as far as I could tell. Uh, and so I tried to get myself appointed. I, you know, tried to inquire, well, who is the present person? Um, and, you know, if there isn't someone, like, I'd love to, to take the job. Uh, and um, they said, well, you know, because we have alumni on the board, we don't need this position anymore. Um, and so there was a back and forth. Uh, and then they decided to just get rid of the position just entirely. They just removed the policy. Uh, so. Now there's, you know, no alumni representation of the board. So, yeah, like, and like since '97, <laughs> I think they've been through like three or four presidents, right? Like, I mean, like, like, like the the school administration has turned. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I know this is like getting really deep into the weeds of like evergreen um, uh, school politics, but but I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is um, that you know when. If, if they haven't updated that stuff in like 25 years, right, and they've been through like this many different presidents and this many, like, you know, it, part of part of their response, I guess, could kind of be blamed on, on just their inability to kind of react quickly, right, um, with, where they're just not used to this. And it's not an excuse, again, like it's not an excuse at all, um, but it is just like this feeling of kind of arrogance and laziness once again, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, having attended, you know, two of the the country's kind of top hippie colleges, um, there's a lot of kind of writing on the, the wave of the, the hippie stuff from the 70s. So both Evergreen and Hampshire were founded uh, in the early 70s as explicitly, you know, um, kind of disruptive uh, colleges. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Um, and so since they were founded, you know, a lot of these kinds of ideas have gone away to other colleges. Uh, you know, obviously now, nobody, like very few colleges take an SAT score, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, these these colleges that were originally very um, progressive when compared to the rest of the country just haven't been doing the work that every other college has been doing for the last 50 years. Um, and so kind of to, with Evergreen in particular, um, I think yeah to, to, they are just very slow with that stuff you know for example one of my records requests was for their you know policies about records requests right it seems like it should be a very easy thing um for them to do they're required by law to keep these somewhere you know and it took them nine months for them to say that they didn't have any policies about public records requests which it's like how how could you have been responding to any of the other requests over the last nine months um, if you didn't know what the policies were or whether they existed or not. Um, so like, it's, it's just so like heart. It, it really, yeah. it, yeah, it just really kind of ruins you in this, in this way, because, you know, obviously the, um, the media spectacle of these, the, these hippie colleges, which is true of now every other kind of university and college in the United States is not reflected in their actual acts and practices. Um, so, you know, to kind of point to, to another thing in particular was that, uh, you know, um, after the, the Patriot Act was put in place uh, nationally, um, Evergreen put together, and they put together a policy that's still in the books called the Evergreen Patriot Act policy, 
And, you know, it required uh, like there to be a warning about potential surveillance in the library and in every computer lab. Um, and it also very explicitly um, said that police services wouldn't establish, uh, you know, a network of surveillance cameras and that they wouldn't surveil people based on First Amendment activity. Uh, so obviously the, the camera thing didn't happen. Um, and the First Amendment activity thing really didn't happen. You know, uh, oh, and you're talking about the, the port militarization um, protests. Are you familiar with uh, John Towery? Doesn't ring a bell, but but uh, it, that might just be like the fact that it's been like 12 years. Oh, yeah. So so John Towery was this guy who got involved in the, the port um, militarization protests. He was part of this. Uh, these groups were trying to restart the SDS. Um, and as it turned yeah, I remember, out, I remember that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, as it turned out, he, um, was military police. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Now I remember. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's records showing, uh, Towery emailing directly with the head of, of, uh, campus police at the time it was a guy named Ed Sorger. Um, shout out, sorry, just a shout out, by the way, to Drew Hendricks, an indefatigable uh, cop watch guy in Olympia, who um, now now that you're mentioning, like, it's all coming back. But uh, oh, I'm sorry. Drew, <laughs> Drew was Drew was on this dude uh, from the beginning. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there was this this guy who had been who was doing a 21 Jump Street thing where he's military police pretending to be this hippie college student. Um, and I have no idea what he like directly got involved in, but it, you know, at a minimum, there's these records that demonstrate there was, uh, essentially collusion between military police and like the chief of a college police department, which, you know, obviously if you want to get into your kind of posset comatose stuff, it like is not good. Uh, for the federal government to be involved in these kinds of uh, policing things by using the military. But like overall, I think um, it's just incredibly sketchy. Uh, and so, you know, for my records request, I asked for um, the, uh, the kind of personnel files for every police services employee and for Ed Sorger in particular, because I was like, okay, you know, there's this policy that says that they won't spy based on First Amendment activity, um, and they did that. So I want to see if anyone got, you know, punished, and nobody did it. And when I talked to administration, um, they were like, oh, is that a policy we have? Like, they had no idea that they even had this rule on the books. Um, and, you know, when I talked to... Um, someone who's now the the president for the college a guy named john carmichael uh carmichael said that the college didn't do uh kind of reviews of its policy adherence often enough um now as far as i can tell they've they've never done that um and so you know there's no kinds of um like policy enforcement or any kinds of these things that you would expect from you know this institution that's directly governed by like the state of Washington. Um, so like, again, you know, it, it's really hard, I think, to distinguish between them acting in bad faith uh, and acting incompetently. Um, I, you know, I try not to think too much about the, the port militarization 
spying and, and stuff like that because it really it really freaks me out i mean for obvious reasons you hear that um you know your college has purchased uh you know security cameras disguises smoke detectors like you're gonna freak out like as soon as we heard about it in the newsroom we swept the newsroom for bugs like yeah yeah so 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 let's talk a little bit like a little bit about that because i realized you know we've been we've been chatting for a while about like like the records requests and everything but we haven't really dug completely into like what we're talking about here exactly so can you talk a little bit about what these what the records requests showed as far as the cameras that they had and and you know because obviously this stuff like you know uh, set off some alarms um and uh and, and kind of like you know where that led you and then um and then, and then and then after on the other side of it i'll talk a little bit about the ar-15 stuff yeah absolutely um so they said that they had purchased these security cameras to investigate these break-ins but uh and so you know the records um that uh, i have about the camera purchases are just the emails being like oh i want to buy this thing essentially not um you know, when and where they were used. Um, and um, the few kind of pictures I do have is not from any of these smoke detector cameras or the outlet plug cameras. Um, I, you know, I, my like suspicion with a low level of confidence is that they likely wanted to use these in other places. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure as Evergreen is most uh, uh, famous for presently is the the 2017 protests which um were before my time i got to evergreen uh in the fall after those protests um so my you know my suspicion is that for for for, for anybody who doesn't know uh just very briefly this is the brett weinstein bullshit uh this is kind of also has to do with why barry weiss is somebody who you know about uh because she covered it uh for the times um that's really all the oxygen that i want to give it but just uh just a little uh tip there for what we're talking about there sorry go ahead no no you're good um yeah kind of side note on on that front is that this other person who did a a records request suit um, with evergreen um asked about um if there were any records that were responsive to his requests that were in the possession of former employees um and evergreen alleges that there are state of Washington records, you know, Evergreen State College records that are presently in the possession of Brett Weinstein and Heather Hang. Um, but as far as I know, uh, they haven't referred that to, to any kind of law enforcement entity. In the state of Washington, it's a class A misdemeanor um, to remove uh, public records from a state institution. Like, you know, that I'm pretty sure like minor kidnapping is like, class a misdemeanor you know it's it's kind of a big deal um and as far as i can tell it hasn't been reported on anywhere um maybe just because it you know it's in it's like a minor court document but um either way you know they they didn't do kind of any review to see where these these records were were going um and so with these security cameras you know the suspicion of everyone on campus was something that's incredibly frustrating that was that was incredibly frustrating about reporting a story like this is that you know uh it, it's it's hard to um go to a group of students who are organizing as anarchists and say you should be so shocked that they have these hidden cameras because everyone's like yeah of course they have hidden cameras like they're the government they're evil and, and so on um and so 
you know, in, in, in reporting this, uh, it was very hard to get people to kind of identify like this as this kind of shocking thing because people were just so used to like having kind of a terrible relationship with uh, the college overall. Um, and so, uh, you know, Gregory, uh, to answer your question, um, like, you know, technically, I don't think the, the um, military is supposed to operate with college police, but it's like, it's like an ancient, ancient law. Like it's a, it's a posse comitus, which is like something that you'll hear mostly from like sovereign citizen types. So like, it's technically illegal, but it's like really hard to get a case going for that. Um, and, you know, especially because without uh, access to public records, you have no idea, like, the degree to which um, they actually were kind of colluding. Um, and then, you know, kind of similarly, I, I don't think that they've requested the document to be returned. Um, you know, they, they just said that they think there are documents that are in uh, Weinstein and Heather's, Heather Hang's um, possession. Um, but, like, they don't say anything about the extent. They don't even say, like, whether they're sure or not. Um, you know, I, I'd be curious. Uh, you know, I'd love to call the guy um, or, you know, Heather Hang um, to see <laughs> what's going on. But, you know, I in my time um, at Evergreen, I did public records requests with other Washington state agencies and did not experience anything like um, what I have with with uh with evergreen i was able to get records from olympia police department tom water police department who both also have their sketchy connections you know they're obviously involved in the um the michael reinhall takedown which was uh he was an activist type person who uh shot uh kind of right-wing guy to death um in portland and then was uh chased down up up in olympia or up outside of olympia um, by and effectively of... assassinated. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just, just, just for, uh, for, for context here, for people who may not be familiar, um, uh, it, it, Tumwater, Olympia, Lacey and Tumwater, are the name of the kind of tri cities that, that, that are all at the bottom of the Puget sound. So, um, so if you're in Olympia, like you're going to interact with people and, and agencies probably from Tumwater and Lacey and even like live there if you're going to Evergreen. So that's, that uh, that'll be why Daniel will be uh, asking them for for records. Yeah, yeah. Like I think um, I had, I was uh, reporting on a on a riot that had happened um, in downtown Olympia. That it actually happened like right outside of my apartment building. So it wasn't even like I was trying to cover it. I was just like, you know, if there's gonna be a riot outside of my window, I'm gonna cover it. Like I want to do something. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, Tumwater police had had responded, so I wanted records from them and they gave it to me very quickly. Um, or I, you know, I did a public records request with like a tiny transit agency in rural Washington that had all of like two or three buses and they were very quick and responsive and they sent me the records within a month. Um, Evergreen, you know, if you, if you go look at the, at the data, um, they are the worst agency when it comes to responding to public records requests um, that's a higher education institution in the state of Washington. So uh, there's a there's a legislative committee, the Joint Legislative Audit and Review Committee that's in the Washington State Legislature, um, and they have every state agency in Washington send in all this data about 
um, you know, the average time it takes them to respond to a public records request, the number of records requests um, from which they have to like ask for additional clarification, kind of all these these data points that you would want. Um, and so if you go and look at the at the 2020 data, which is some of the more recent data, um, Evergreen is the the worst higher education institution in terms of average time to respond and the fourth worst agency overall. Like this is, um, you know, them against kind of tiny, uh, tiny municipalities or like, you know, small volunteer firehouses, like still they're the fourth worst agency overall. Um, and that's because they have uh, just one employee in a college of hundreds of employees um, whose job is to do uh, these, these searches for uh, records that are responsive to public records requests. Um, so kind of what this suit kind of hinges on to kind of all sum it up is that um, there's uh, the Washington State Public Records Law asks, you know, entities that have uh, public records responsiveness duty um, to at, like put together a policy that limits how much resources that agency is going to dedicate to public records requests. Um, so, you know, some states or some some agencies will be like, I'm we're only going to dedicate, you know, one full time employee or we're only going to overall dedicate 15 percent of all the working hours of all employees or something. Um, and so uh, that allows these these agencies to say, uh, you know, we're we, we still have to do our other core functions as an agency. You know, it'd be crazy if all of the, the water district employees had to stop testing water and, and respond to public records requests, we're gonna limit it to like half of a day for one employee. Um, and so Evergreen had no policy. Evergreen, um, it, you know, it was required essentially by the law to dedicate potentially all of its employees and all of its resources to responding to public records requests because it didn't have a policy that limited um, how much of its age, uh, how much of its resources it wanted to respond to requests, um, and so rather than actually enshrining um, kind of their their limited uh, desire to actually respond to these requests into law as the law asked them to, uh, they just kept one uh, part time employee on the duty, um, and honestly, like looking at the emails that. Um, I, you know, we've been able to review from, from discovery requests as part of litigation. Uh, it was like amateur hour, like in a lot of cases, uh, the public records, um, officer, uh, would just go to police services and say, Hey, do you have any SD cards? And they'd say, no, we don't have any SD cards. And then, you know, I would say, well, they do have SD cards. And then she would go to the police service and say, oh, uh, you know, do you have SD cards? And then police services would say, oh yeah, actually we do. And then like a week later they'd be like, oh, we just found some more. Um, and so, you know, technically this person's job yeah, is to go like, and actually like, do like, all Like, whoopsie, I guess, I guess we just missed those. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, you know, it's like on a, in a similar vein, the, um, the police services at Evergreen doesn't make, maintain um, an inventory of equipment. So, you know, it makes sense on their end that they don't know how, how many SD cards they have. Uh, which they would know how many SD cards they had if they kept an inventory as required by state law. Uh, you know, everyone kind of in the last, uh, uh, you know, since since the protests in 2017 has been attacking Evergreen from the wrong angles. Like, 
to go after, you know, what people think of as kind of the woke stuff or whatever, like, it's like that, um, it's like that, that meme image of the, the fighter jets uh, coming back in, in World War II, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, if we put armor on the places that, for the planes that got hit, you know, then we're going to miss the places where um, they got hit and didn't come back. You know, everyone goes after Evergreen for like the, the kind of woke politics stuff. Um, and like, you know, I'm not here or there for that, but like, there's just all these very basic good governance things that they are not on top of. And like, you know, at, at the start, I really wanted to blame Evergreen administration for a lot of this, but, uh, you know, they're employees of the people of Washington. Um, and so really it's the, it's kind of the state legislature's job to intervene here um, is, you know, like kind of attached to that uh, in Arthur West's suit, who was the, the person who filed about a month um, before us, uh, he got a, a kind of signed deposition from uh, a state senator who had filed records requests with Evergreen um, and had still not received records three years later. Uh, so it's not just, you know, some, some gumshoe, uh, you know, student journalist reporter is getting affected here. It's, it's state senators, it's, um, you know, other national reporters, you know, I've had, uh, through some of these public records requests, gotten access to their internal log of public records requests. Um, and you can see, uh, you know, different national, like reporters, New York Times, um, different kind of college publications, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, organizations that are on the left, organizations on the right, filing these records requests and them going unanswered for years. Um, you know, obviously as a college student, I need to get those <laughs> records uh, by the time I graduate. And, you know, after filing just a couple months um, before, I, before I graduated, Evergreen knew exactly when they had to delay to, to prevent me from uh, reporting more on the story. Um, it's really yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, kind of a and, lot. Right, right, and 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 you have to assume. You, I mean, you just have to assume that uh, that that is that that's done um, uh, somewhat intentionally. Um, so uh, you know, we, we we just have a couple minutes left here. Um, I guess uh, there, there are kind of two things that 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 are still kind of nagging at me. Um, totally. And, and 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 I guess I'll start. I'll start with the kind of more more broad one before, and, and then I'll ask, and, and then the second one will just be kind of like asking you kind of where the lawsuit goes now, and you can kind of give us an update, and we can have you back on um, when when there's some resolution or, or just give us an update later. Um, but you know, I, I do want to go back to uh, to the uh, you know the working with the military police and the port militarization protests and and just this kind of culture of secrecy and how that kind of how that stuff all kind of blends in together and, and, and is kind of complementary almost like, like kind of works, works hand in hand with one another. Um, what, what, what do you think about that? I mean, like as a student, um, uh, how, how secure do you really, I guess, feel having been a student there while this was going on? I mean, I, like, I will say that, um, my experiences, uh, at, Evergreen and my experiences in activism in Olympia, both before I went to school there and during, uh, certainly trying to figure out the right 
the, the most careful way to say this. Uh, certainly developed in me a sense of kind of not being very public about things and kind of uh, just kind of trying to be a more private person, um, I guess, is, 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 is a way to put it. Um, but I'm curious for you, for somebody who, you know, who wasn't uh, at school there at the time, but, you know, but finding out about this stuff, um, what, what, what was that like, especially, you know, as you're, as, as you're kind of hearing about, like, like, as you're fighting your own battle here, uh, with, with the school, uh, what, what, what was it like to kind of push against that and, and to, and to know that, that there had been this kind of work with military police and then to know that there is this, um, game camera catching people to know that they're hiding cameras in, in, uh, in, in plugs on the wall, plugs on the wall, sorry, and, and, in uh, fire detectors. I mean, this is like, this is pretty, pretty intense shit, right? Like, so, uh, th- what was that like for you? Um, and, and, and how, how do you think that kind of affected how you both covered this story and, and kind of like went forward with, uh, with, with filing, uh, this lawsuit ultimately, but, but, but also just trying to get these records. I mean, uh, the, what, what was the kind of psychological, philosophical effect on you, like finding this stuff out and, and, and kind of trying to chase it down? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, hidden cameras for a college police department, that's like their version of like a nuclear weapon. Like, it just doesn't make any sense in the context of what they were investigating. Uh, and so kind of immediately... Um, my suspicion was I've just kind of scratched at something that goes a lot deeper. Um, so, you know, like I was saying, like, as soon as we heard about the cameras, we swept the office, I swept my apartment and car and stuff. I was like, I, you know, I feel hyperbolic about this. Like, I'm obviously being a little hysterical about it, like really kind of being like, this is crazy. Um, but but I not really, to... <laughs> right? But, but not like you weren't though. Like I, mean, oh, I think no, that's yeah. a very like that's a very logical reaction. I mean, you know, it's like I'm always I've always been someone you know suspicious of of whatever, right? Uh, and um, you know, when I when I started kind of scratching at this stuff, I or af- after we I can remember after we swept the office for bugs and I'm walking back to my car, I I called my mom, kind of distraught. My mom was like, "Well, what's going on?" And I'm like. Uh, you know, I, I think I've, I've, I might have like seen something I'm not supposed to see. And so if it looks like I killed myself, I didn't. And like, that's, that was totally a a kind of crazy thing to put on my mom in the moment. But like, that really just kind of speaks to how freaked out I really was about this. Um, and, um, like it's just, it's incredibly crazy making. I, you know, I, I can't imagine being a student um, at Evergreen at that time who was dealing with like intense mental health issues or, you know, schizophrenia um, and then hearing, oh wait, no, actually the college does have hidden cameras that are recording you. Um, you know, I, I was in a very good, in good place to kind of process that information um, and you know, knowing this kind of background about the college, um, it it really didn't help. I've I've kind of always um, thought that there was something weird going on with uh, with Evergreen and the city of Olympia. 
um, and JBLM, which is a giant uh, joint military base about 10 miles up the road. Um, you know, and Fort Lewis, too. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's um, this uh, cult outside of Olympia called the Rampa School for Enlightenment. Um, that man, actually... that's like, that's a whole <laughs> other episode, man. That is, uh, so <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna get into that. Salma Hayek is into it, but, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that, anyway, yeah, go ahead. I, I actually have a, um, they, so they, they put out a book in 2003 accompanying their movie. And I actually, from a, from a thrift shop in Tacoma got Tony Robbins personal copy of their book. So Tony Robbins is probably um, the country's top motivational speaker. And he used to do PR for this cult. Um, and so I have this book that has his inscription um, on the, the inside. My, my partners across the room motioning me to say that uh, it was them. They found it. So my, my partners also, uh, they, they hired me onto the paper. That's how we met. So, oh, um, cool, cool. All right, right, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I think kind of overall, like I have this like suspicion that is totally really kind of unfounded based on any evidence that there's something deeper and darker going on uh, at Evergreen and in that area of the Puget Sound generally. Um, but I, I wouldn't, like I would bet a small amount of money on it, but nothing really um, bigger. And, you know, I've moved uh, past that kind of phase in my life of like really just wanting to, to itch at something to see if it bleeds. Um, like I, I absolutely invite everyone listening to this to go file a bunch of public records requests with Evergreen and see if anything comes out of it in two years. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I, I, so, so I won't, I won't leave you hanging here as, 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 as the only person uh, putting yourself out there thinking that. Um, Cause I will say that I agree with you. Um, I do think that there is uh, some kind of coordination going on. Um, and I do believe that uh, it, it, it definitely existed uh, prior to the port militarization protest and the dead press riot, uh, both of which happened while I was there. And obviously, you know, everyone wants to be a protagonist of history. Everyone thinks that, you know, that, that whatever happened, like while they were there was like the thing that like changed everything. But really, it does seem like uh, things really kind of amped up. Uh, after those two events, uh, which were, which were pretty pretty major upheavals um, and 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 pretty intense uh, unrest, um, you know, like it's it's again, it's not it's it's not every day that um, that that there are like riots uh, down by the port, uh, stopping military vehicles from getting um, onto military ships. One. And two, uh, it's not every day that uh, campus police cars overturned and set on fire uh, after after a concert. So, um, I, I I I do think that 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 had uh, something, uh, at least something to do with it. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I want to just here with the last couple of minutes. Um, can you kind of give us a sense of like where the lawsuit is now? It sounds like you got some records, right? You got some records on Monday or on Tuesday. Um, that obviously were not responsive and, and, and are not like sufficient, but it does sound like you got something. What, what's kind of next? Um, where, where does the lawsuit go from here? And what are you hoping? Uh, ha- I mean, obviously you probably don't want to go all the way through trial, right? You'd like to settle and get the records, but uh, 
probably seems unlikely that'll happen. So, so, so what's, what's next? Yeah. Um, so we're going to file, uh, the kind of, the, the thing you file right before trial, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, I, you know, I think that the trial date is generally scheduled like mid October. I think it's October 16th. Um, but I think Evergreen approached us, um, recently, um, and kind of asking for delay. And so we're, we're doing that, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see where we'll end up. They, uh, you know, they, they said they were gonna, um, you know, maybe prepare a settlement offer. Uh, but I was, you know, I was supposed to receive that Tuesday. It's, it's Wednesday night. Um, so I imagine I'll probably hear about it uh, three years from now. Uh, we'll see right, right. about that. Um, like, you know, I think overall, the, the reason that I, I uh, started looking into finding an attorney to deal with this um, was that I just wanted the issue resolved. Like, it was the early pandemic. It was, you know, March 2020. And I'm like in lockdown and I'm at home and I'm getting emails from Evergreen that are like, hey, you know, these things that you filed a year ago. Uh, it'll be another 30 days. And I know that we last told you it'll be another 30 days, 90 days ago, but it's going to be another 30 days. Um, like I just wanted those emails to stop. Like I, I wasn't going to block it because obviously that's the, that's the easy solution. I, I just wanted like the issue to be resolved. Uh, and so it took a long time to find an attorney because it's a very obscure area of public records law. Um, or it's a very obscure kind of area of law at all. Um, I'm right now represented by uh, Ryan Peck and Alicia LaDuke. Um, they both have their firms here in Portland um, and they're both excellent. Uh, and so I, I, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I, if I was evergreen, I would be very uh, interested in uh, getting this resolved um, before um, before things kind of develop too much further, especially, uh, as the, as the legislature, uh, comes together next time, uh, to look at Evergreen and their budget process. Um, right, Evergreen, right. Evergreen seems pretty, um, you know, interested in its, in its position, uh, public relations wise. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like some institution like, like Yale, where you can just have kind of national sexual assault scandal after national sexual assault scandal and it's still Yale uh, evergreen will kind of just always be that college where a police car is overturned and uh, you know there was this fracas with Weinstein um, and and Rachel I think, Corey and yeah all of yeah all yeah. Stuff, yeah and the Rachel Corey thing really that because there's this monument in student activities that I would walk by and it's you know say that she was killed but it wouldn't say how she was killed, um, you know, in a similar way that the students voted, uh, they put an issue on their on their student ballot and voted to uh, do uh, boycott, divest sanctions, um, which, you know, I, I, I could be here or there for that, but either way, the students voted for it and the college just said, uh, no, we're not gonna do that. Um, we're just gonna ignore it. So, uh, you know, that, that I know that's that's kind of in the weeds um, really, I, I think, I think, I, I, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think a good way to kind of describe like what you're talking about, uh, for people who aren't like super familiar with the college is just to say that, um, 
Evergreen's uh, faculty and kind of, well, maybe not so much the administration, but at least faculty um, and student body uh, were quite far to the left uh, together when uh, the school uh, was first formed. And, uh, you know, uh, as, 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 I mean, there's like no other way to say this, Uh, you know, rest in peace to some of the the teachers that I had when I was there, but as the faculty has died off, like that, like like uh, some of the students have lost some kind of like old guard uh, lefties who, who who could have supported them, and and I think you've seen kind of uh, for anybody who's been kind of following Evergreen, uh, which which is like not a large amount of people, but hopefully you know a large amount of people who are listening to this on replay anyway, um, will know that like yeah uh, uh, the the school has gone through some changes, and part of that is because of that kind of changing of the guard, so. Um, uh, what, what you're describing is, is a very interesting, like, disconnect between, like, the student body and the administration, um, and, and it's, it's a, it's, it's a situation where the, where the administration has, has increasingly, I think, over the, over the past decade kind of stepped in and, and, uh, and enforced, like, the administration's will over, over the students' will, even when the students have voted for it, um. But, but this is all to kind of say that, like, everything that we're talking about is all kind of about this. It, it, like, this is all kind of about this at the same time. It's all kind of part of the same thing. Um, and, and that's kind of, like, yeah, like, when we're talking about, like, the, the, the cameras. Um, I know I said we get to the AR-15s. We don't have time for that today, uh, tonight. Uh, but, but maybe the next time that you come on, we'll talk, we'll talk about that. But, uh, Daniel, thanks so much for coming on. This has been, this has been really great. Um, uh, would love to have you come back and and inform us about where things are at. Maybe in a couple months, Does that sound good to you. Yeah, that sounds great. I will definitely uh, keep you in the loop. Absolutely, and um, I will uh, on 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 my Twitter. I'll share the uh, uh, the 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 press release that you guys put out, and 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 we'll have that. Um, uh, if if you guys have a link to it, we we can put it in the show notes as well. So thanks so much, Daniel, uh, for joining us. Um, and, and thanks everybody for listening. Uh, so if you're listening uh, to this live or on replay in the Colin app, please be sure to subscribe uh, to the show if you haven't done so already. If you're listening to it on replay on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, please be sure to like, subscribe, follow all whatever they call it on that particular medium. Um, tomorrow night, uh, we're going to be talking with MK Anderson. Uh, they'll be returning uh, to talk about J.K. Rowling's terrible new book. Um, and, and that'll be a lot of fun. That'll also be at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. So, yeah, so thanks, Daniel. Thanks for joining. Thanks, everybody, for joining uh, live. And-